You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I describe how smartphone apps have changed the way that many of us participate in our outdoor rec activities. How can our enjoyment of the outdoors be enhanced by apps tracking our activities, allowing us to share our stories, and pushing us to reach new heights? Let's get into it. So in aviation, there's this thing, it's called uh, the ASRS. It's the coolest thing. It's this little tiny program run by one person at NASA. And it's done at NASA so that it's independent of the FAA. And the reason it is, is because what it's for is for pilots or anybody in aviation that includes you know, ground crew, that includes flight attendants, that includes everybody. If you see a safety issue, you know, that's a place to go talk about it, to, to report it. And this, it's not really social media. It's edging into that territory. You can't make comments about people's reports. But if you go in there, you can search it airport by airport and you see what pilots are reporting in terms of safety issues. So if there's a signage issue, if there's a, you know, runways are painted in certain ways to direct you in certain ways or lighting is done in a certain way. And if that's messed up, then pilots can report it. Or in a case of an airport that's close to restrictive flight areas, for example, Reagan National Airport is that way. So when you're flying out of national, a gust of wind, a gust of wind, seriously, it can push you into the restricted area that's that's close oh, wow. to the White House. And that happens all the time, man. So one of the things that the ASRS does is that if you're a pilot, and maybe you inadvertently got pushed into restricted airspace somehow or something happened, like there was a miscommunication or maybe you had a near miss with another with another aircraft. You can just, once you, once you land, you know, you can go to the ASRS and just say, this happened. And, you know, if it, you don't have to even say it was my fault. It's just like, you know, this is what happened. This is what I did. It can be very, very clinical. And at that point, it's it's almost like a get out of jail free card, you know. Yeah. So the FAA cannot use it against you, but if you admitted it, it's sort of a yeah. We see that you know that you made a mistake, and you're you're this. We've already talked about how you're going to address it. So you know, just pay more attention next time. And the advantage of that is that it incentivizes pilots to talk about you know shit that they've done wrong frankly, yeah. or they can do shit wrong and then externalize the blame. That happens all the time, but you can kind of, it's kind of transparent, right? It's never my fault, but this is what happened. What if we, what if we had something like that for a backcountry? Mm. What if we had something like that for outdoor period? That would be pretty amazing. Like, Hey, so I had this campfire and I oh, did wow. this, I didn't yeah. do that, you know, this this occurred. And instead of getting busted for starting a wildfire, maybe, you know, somebody learns from that and, and you learn from it too. Or, I mean, it could be in the backcountry in this particular drainage, the snow is super unstable and our friends went across it and we triggered something. It was unsafe, et cetera. So maybe people read it and, you know, they don't get in trouble for being dumb or requiring rescue and everybody everywhere learns something from it. I mean, it's, it's sort of a, this is- What this a great is a use case. This is a Kelly moonshot because I think it could be really useful, but it only takes one person at NASA. I mean, and her budget is tiny. And if you want to do something entertaining, just go to asrs.org or .gov, asrs.gov, and you can just pick an airport and just start reading the stuff because some of it is really funny, it's really funny and educational. I mean, I'm a pilot. Mm -hmm. 
I, I like to read about, you know, other people's mistakes because yeah. that keeps me from making my own mistakes. And that's important. Yeah, absolutely. So why not? Why can't we take that concept elsewhere? Yeah, I might generalize outdoor apps as being a way to like disseminate information. If I was going to have one summarization of what apps, what outdoor apps do, it's distribute information. And it's like how to access, what to access, who else is doing, who who else is accessing this, that kind of community building stuff. And what you described, like what are known issues, what are known dangers in the area, known threats maybe, because all right. that information is going to help us be safer in the outdoors. I would hope have more fun because we're accessing the places we want to access and we're having the experience that we want to experience. In our last episode, we talked about this a little bit. You know, the apps, the apps are great and, and more people are getting to more trails. More people are getting to more places. Yeah. Because of that, you know, I'm imagining a time when you can, you know, even if you're, if you're not, uh, not an experienced hiker, not an experienced cyclist, and you get, you're in danger in so many ways, including getting lost and cold and, you know, breaking stuff. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could read about the mistakes that people have made in that place before you go there yourself? Yeah. I like that. Seriously, it, it keeps me from making the same mistake. Why not learn from other people that are mistake? prone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so people for bikes has a ride tracking app for bicycling, which brings a lot of this like storytelling. I'm going to call kind of what you just described as storytelling into the app and, um, ride spot pairs together, like traditional ride tracking apps where it's outlining routes and, and describing changes in elevation as you're climbing or you're descending. And, and some of these like basic facts about the ride, but also incorporates pictures and text to more comprehensively describe what a ride is like. And that information we found new riders and infrequent riders and riders who might just be new to an area really value because it helps set expectations for a ride and kind of what you described too, which is like, you know, help me learn from your experience so I can enhance my experience. That's it. That's kind of breaking down barriers to information and, and making it really accessible and, and personalized too. You're like, he, here was the ride that I had. I really struggled up this hill. I really enjoyed taking a break here and having a cup of coffee at this halfway point before I turned around. All that information helps ensure that folks have a good time. The way I use trail apps for mountain biking and hiking is I, you know, I look at where I want to ride. I look at where other people are riding and think, okay, well, what, what do I want to ride? What kind of a ride do I want to do? Downhill, technical, cross country, just a long gravel ride. What do I want to do? And then I find a trail if I don't know it. And I, I do that a lot. I mean, I think I'm not unusual in that I like to ride a new trail from time to time. Yeah. So I look at the trail and then look at what people wrote about it. So I'm looking for, you know, elevation. I'm looking for length, you know, and in the commentary, some of that stuff is awesome. <laughs> it's like at mile 3.1, you know, expect to see like a giant bear <laughs> right on it. Oh. Or, or like, you know, watch out for the stump at blah, blah, blah. Or there's, a yeah. feature, there's a feature just off trail. I mean, that's what I love about the trail apps is that, you know, before I ride, I can get that information. Then I can add to it. And it just adds a sort of richness it almost makes the people that ride or hike that trail, it develops a community around that specific trail. I kind of love that. Yeah. yeah, that building of community is such a huge thing that apps bring to the table and, and connecting outdoor rec participants with other participants that enjoy the same sort of thing so they can share information and share experience or just like 
share fun stories about the awesome time that I had doing this or that. I really love using apps for that sort of community building and, and finding. All right. I have, a, I have a, here's, here's my funniest trail app story. And I've got a couple of them. So this is, so I was up, I was up riding in the, in the watershed, but I was riding electric, right? So I was riding the dirt road, which is Mm -hmm. just, it's barely a road. In fact, I mean, this thing is so full of like giant potholes that'll eat you in a second. I'm just, I'm just trying to make myself feel better for riding. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm riding around. It's like, you know, I just went up for a Saturday morning. I rode for my house and it's, it's like a 30 mile ride. So I'm riding up, you go up at about to about 1200 feet from 400. So it's a little bit of elevation gain. And then the ride down is woohoo, right? I'm riding down and out of the corner of my eye, left eye to be specific, I saw two giant things running. And I was like, you know, that was like, a, yeah, I had exactly that that reaction. Yeah. I was like, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I mean, these are at the Appalachian Mountains, technically. So, like, you know, if you saw something, no, you didn't. But I was like, no, I'm just kidding. And I looked over, and what should I see? But two emus. Oh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> They're running, and it, they weren't on my the road. They were on the trail. They're on the blue trail. I mean, the major trail. It's the Catoctin Blue. It runs through it. Yeah. And I'm like, did I just fucking see two emus on that trail? And I was like, I guess I did. I mean, it's not, it was It was unexpected, right? But it's not like I saw a, a T-Rex or something. There are plenty of farms that have emus. It's not that far from a T-Rex. No, technically no. Yeah. <laughs> they are giant murder chickens. They weren't yeah. chasing me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't interact Thank with them. Goodness. I just saw them and thought, holy shit, they're, they're emus on the trail today. Yeah. And sort of laughed it off and continued on my way on my little, you know, death run down the mountain on my electric bike. And I got home and I was like, I got to see if anybody had anything to say about this. And sure enough, I went on trail forks and I looked yeah. at the trail and I and I liked my emos, emo, emos. Somebody's like emos. that day, they're like, I just ran into two emos on the trail. That was interesting. That is wild. So, I mean, it's, yeah, community around the trail. Yeah, absolutely. And some of it's like, you know, we were talking about this doesn't supplant this, but it is sort of like hanging out at the specialty retailer and talking story with people in the shop about things, you know, trails you've been on, stories to tell, what to look for. I mean, yeah. things that have happened, like I had this horrible wipeout or, you know, you I, I, this, there's this amazing sort of hidden feature and you can firm up. And I mean, I saw two emus is right up there. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. for sure. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree. It's not a substitute for the local knowledge that you gain by no. talking to specialty retailers, but it does otherwise enhance the like community aspect of doing a thing in a place and sharing that experience with other people who do that thing in that place. No doubt. So you know that that I was I managed a bike shop in Hawaii uh, yeah. way way back in the in the early 90s. And people would just come in the shop and talk and we call it in Hawaii. It's you know, it's called talking story. You come into the shop, talk story. And that's exactly what it is on the app. We're just talking story. It's the coolest yeah. thing. I just I love that about that job, by the way. That was super fun. So we've we've talked about using apps to disseminate information and access mm-hmm. information build a sense of community and like find others around you who enjoy doing similar outdoor rec activities. I Let's take this into other ways that apps can be fun, like used uh, for your outdoor rec experience. I don't, let's talk about gamification. So yeah. Yeah. I've got to confess to a crime. Oh, <laughs> you, you go first. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I committed, I committed a very serious Strava crime and I didn't, I didn't really know I was committing it when I committed it. 
Um, but I did commit the crime. I I signed up for the app. You know, I used it to track my runs and my walks mm-hmm. and and you know bike rides. And then you know, as you know, um, I did get some electric bikes. And I just you know I didn't really even think about it. I just had Strava on to track my ride. Yeah. Um, Wow, some people, including a member of the USA Women's Bicycling Team, got super pissed at me because I basically just taken every every record for every segment in, in my hometown. How dare you? Yeah, they were not. I, I, I'm it. being facetious. <laughs> like if I, I am I one actually, competitive dude. I basically, I, I yeah, I basically got kicked off the app. Oh wow! After being shamed, I was shamed, and then and then <laughs> got the app. And I, you know, I was oh, at the time. Oh. I was, I was like, yeah, I guess I could. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be magnanimous about this. But I didn't know. I mean, it's just like, I, yeah. like if you guys know that I'm on an electric bike. I mean, if I, if I've admitted that openly, you can see in the records that it's me, and just disregard it. And they're like, that's not the point. Like, oh my god, man, it's people are really serious about wanting to own those records. And it's, I mean, it's. Oh know, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, competition is a big part of it. We talked about community. We'll get to gamification in a second, but like using it to um, to like compete against others near you who are doing the same sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, I, I use, um, I've linked Strava and RideSpot. So I use both Nice. and I use Strava will give me awards for like one, there's one segment near my house that's pretty highly trafficked. And so there, there's a competitive group of cyclists, not, not actually competitive, but we compete amongst each other for- the awards on this segment. Yeah, um, I, they weren't they weren't giving awards when I committed this crime. I didn't get anything. Oh, for it. well, I, no, right. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a little sticker that you get, and it's like, hey, you've ridden this segment the most times in the past month, or you've ridden this segment the fastest. It's, it's just a silly little sticker that you get in the app. But I never got I'll tell that. You what? That Why didn't I ever sticker, get that? <laughs> silly little sticker is pretty important to uh, to certain cyclists or certain participants, and I will put myself in that category of competitive folks who care about that sort of stuff. Well, we, we brought up, we were talking about um, Epic Mix and talking about snow sports apps. I mean, I know, I know skiers and snowboarders that live and die by the vertical feet. You know, it's oh, not, yeah. it's, it's not laps, dude. It's how much vertical, how much vertical you got today. I want to hear about that. Yeah. I want to hear about your days. Cause you can go, you can do one lap and then drink a bunch of beer and call it a day. I want to see how many vertical My, you got. Yeah, my, I want to see your top I, speed. Give me your top speed. Your top speed. <laughs> Yesterday at Vale, my vertical was pathetic because all we did, we were just crushing like black runs with with moguls, and that was our day. It was just the the thigh blaster mogul day because the snow was so great. And so I, my vertical feet yesterday was a pathetic metric, but well, I've heard but that there there are two kinds of snowboarders that like moguls. Have you heard mm-hmm. this? Um, the kind no, that. I'm, I'm bracing myself. Yeah. Um, the kind that are lying. <laughs> <laughs> go on, and, finish and, it. And the injured. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Go with me on this idea. Go with mm-hmm. me on this idea. What if we connect, connected sports betting to outdoor apps? We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I, think. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I want to bet on you. I want to I want to be able to bet on you for you your fool. Segment. You fool. I mean, I, you don't want to. I don't, don't think this that. this is not out of the realm of possibility. What if we could start betting? You can bet on anything. I'm I'm certain that exists already. Well, I'm gonna go. I gotta go because I've got a couple of websites to, <laughs> to start today. The outdoor recreation well, safety reporting system has to get started today. <laughs> uh, bet on a cyclist. It's got to start to that'd probably be really good for cycling. 
be great for skiing too. It'll make everybody super, super crazy. If I win a thousand bucks because I beat some gaper down a 30 second round. Some gaper. (laughs) Yeah. There's certainly plenty of old school participants who just will never use an app to enhance their outdoor rec activity. And that's totally fine. It's not for them. That's okay. Yeah. Um, there's there's different segments of folks who do the same activity. But what we found through RideSpot is that challenging folks and, and using that sort of gamification within the app and saying, hey, within the 30 days of this month, we want to see if you can ride 20 times or if you can ride this many miles or if you can whatever, climb this many feet or, or whatever it may be. That sort of challenge has really been successful for for our riders to like engage with the app and, and really like be competitive with themselves. Not, not even like within a community, but like, can I do this for me? Do I think I can ride 1200 miles by the end of the year? That sort of gamification is something that apps bring to the table that you, you just like don't get elsewhere unless you're with a group of friends and you're all riding at the same time. Yeah. I think that, you know, there, there's so many ways that we can use apps to enhance our experience outdoors. And a lot of them are really freaking cool. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, that's when for the people that want to that want to stay purist and don't want to use any kind of technology like this kind of technology in the outdoors. I say, you know, you do you. That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, in in addition to giving us education about where we're going and what to expect, it gives us community and and in gamification, it gives us motivation. Yeah, that's amazing. I used to have to keep a log that I wrote in pencil. <laughs> I was like, I would like to do X and write it on the top of the page. And, <clears throat> and granted, it's, you know, it it was basically the same thing, just done in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it gives me a means to share my experiences and be motivated externally, which is really, really cool. Um, and and you know, it helps me train when I was when I was racing. Back you know ten years ago, and I there were days when I it was just you know I had to self cattle prod myself to get out the door and and actually those are the best training days when I didn't feel like doing it or when mm-hmm. I kind of felt I just felt blah those those are the training days that get me through you know if I was doing like half iron that would get me through the last three yeah. miles of the race right that's that's where training really counts but I don't have to you know I now I I can share my misery if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, it's it's an opportunity to motivate and and it can it can lend your if you're very serious if you're seriously competing or racing um in your whether it's age group or you know you're you're at a, a higher level or even if you just don't know how to train for a race it can actually provide you with with um a method of of training that makes sense and structure in your yeah. in your workouts that lead to an objective of you doing well in a race you know, I talk about apps these days because I use them recreationally. I'm not competing anymore. I'm not looking for, you know, my fastest time anymore. I just want an experience. And I think the apps are great because they they help customers in, in each of those target audiences. And you can, you can use these apps the way you want to use them. It's not, you know, you don't have to be a competitive athlete to use an app and get something out of it. But if you're yeah, a competitive yeah. athlete, there's certainly a lot that you can gain from it. And that's that's an amazing that's something amazing about apps that has has actually probably given us a little bit of a little bit of edge pushing in terms of performance across the board in just about all of the sports where you have apps. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.